Cantos 19 to 21 of Book 2 of the Ramayan of Balmiki, translated by Ralph T. H. Griffith. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Om123. Canto 19 Rama's Promise. Calm and unmoved by treat and war, the noble conqueror of the foe answered the cruel words she spoke, nor quailed beneath the murderous stroke. Yea, for my father's promise's sake, I to the wood my way will take, And dwell a lonely exile there, In hermit dress with matted hair. Wanting alone I fain would learn, Why is the king this day so stern? Why is the scourse of foes so cold, Nor gives me greeting as of old? Now let not anger flush thy cheek, Before thy face the truth I speak, In hermit's coat with matted hair, To the wild wood will I repair. How can I fail his will to do, Friend, master, grateful sovereign too? The only pang consumes my breast, That his own lips have not expressed, His will, nor made his longing known, That Varat should ascend the throne. To Varat I would yield my wife, My realm and wealth, mine own dear life. And asked, I fain would yield them all, More gladly at my father's call, More gladly, when the gift may free his honour and bring joy to thee. Thus, lady, his sad heart release from the sore shame and give him peace. But tell me, oh, I pray thee, why the lord of man with downcast eye lies prostrate thus, and one by one down his pale cheek the tear-drops run. Let couriers to thy father speed on horses of the swiftest breed, and by the mandate of the king thy varat to his presence bring. My father's words I will not stay, To question, but this very day, To Dundalk's pathless wild will fare, For twice seven years an exile there. When Rama thus had made reply, Kaike's heart with joy beat high. See, trusting to the pledge she held, The youth's departure thus impelled. It is well, be messengers despatched, On coursers nave of fleetness matched, to seek my father's home and lead my Varat back with all their speed, and Rama, as I win that thou will scare Andio to linger now, so surely it were wise and good this hour to journey to the wood, and if with shame cast down and weak, no word to thee the king can speak, forgive and from thy mind dismiss a trifle in an hour like this. But till thy feet in rapid haste Have left the city for the waste, And to the distant forest fled, He will not bait nor call for bread. War, war, from the sad monarch burst, In surging floods of grief immersed, Then swarming with his wits astray, Upon the gold-wrought couch he lay, And Rama raised the aged king, But the stern queen unpitying, Checked not her heedless words, nor spared, The hero for all speed prepared, but asked him with her bitter tongue, Like a good horse with lashes tongue. She spoke her shameful speech, serene, He heard the fury of the queen, And to her words so vile and dread, Gently unmoved in mind, he said, I would not in this world remain, A groveling trial to paltry gain, But duty's path would fain pursue, True as the saints themselves are true. From that itself I would not fly, My father's wish to gratify, what deed soever his loving son may do to please him think it done 
Amid all duties, queen, I count this duty first and paramount, that sons obedient I fulfil, their honoured father's word and will. Without his word, if thou decree, forth to the forest will I flee, and there shall fourteen years be spent, mid lonely wilds in banishment. Methinks thou couldst not hope to find one spark of virtue in my mind, if thou, whose wish is still my lord, hast for his grace the king implored. This day I go, but ere we part, must cheer my cedar's tender heart. To my dear mother bid farewell, then to the woods a while to dwell. With thee, O queen, the care must rest, that Varat here his sire's behest, and guard the land with righteous sway, for such the law that lives for I. In speechless war the father heard, wept with loud cries, but spoke no word. Then Rama touched his senseless feet, and hers, for honour most unmeet. Round both his circling steps he bent, then from the bower the hero went. Soon as he reached the gate he found, his dear companions gathered round. Behind him came Sumitra's child, with weeping eyes so sad and wild. Then saw he all that rich array of faces for the glorious day. Round them with reverent stops he paced, nor veiled his eye, nor moved in haste. The loss of empire could not dim the glory that encompassed him. So will the Lord of cooling rays, on whom the world delights to gaze, through the great love of all retain, sweet splendor in the time of wane. Now to the exiled's lot resigned, he left the rule of art behind, as though all worldly cares he spawned, no trouble was in him discerned. The chariots that for kings are used, and white umbrella he refused, dismissed his chariot and his man, and every friend and citizen. He ruled his senses, nor betrayed the grief that on his bosom weighed, and thus his mother's mansion sought to tell the mournful news he brought. Nor could the gay-clad people there, who flocked round Rama true and fair, one sign of altered fortune trace upon the splendid hero's face. Nor had the chieftain, mighty armed, lost the bright look all hearts that charmed, as even from the autumn moons is thrown a splendour which is all their own. With his sweet voice the hero spoke, saluting all the gathered folk, then right his soul, then great in fame, close to his mother's house he came. Lakshman the brave, his brother's peer, in princely virtues followed near, sore troubled but resolved to show no token of a secret war. Thus to the palace Rama went, where all were gay with hope and joy, but well he knew the dire event that hope would mar, that bliss destroy. So to his grief he would not yield, lest a sad change their hearts might trend, and the dread tiding unrivelled spared from the blow its fateful friend. Canto twenty, Gaushalya's Lament. But in the monarch's palace, when, sped from the bower that lord of man, up from the weeping women went, a mighty wail and wild lament. Ah, he who ever freely did his duty ere his sire could bid, our refuge and our sure defence, this day will go and exile hands. He on Gaushalya loves to wait, most tender and affectionate. And as he treats his mother, thus, from childhood has he treated us. On themes that sting he will not speak, and when reviled he's calm and meek. He soothes the angry, heals offence, he goes to day and exile hands. 
Our Lord the King is most unwise, and looks on life with darting eyes, who in his folly casts away the world's protection, hope, and stay. Thus in their war, like kind bereaved, of their young calves the ladies grieved, and ever as they wept and wailed, with keen reproach the king assailed. Their lamentation mixed with tears, smote with new grief the monarch's ears, who bound with war too great to bear, fell on his couch and fainted there. Then Rama, smitten with the pain, his heaving heart could scarce restrain, growled like an elephant and strode, with Lakshman, to the queen's abode. A warder there, whose weary held, in honour high by all was held, guarding the mansion sat before, the portal, guard with many more. Swift to their feet the warder sprang, and loud acclamation rang, Hail Rama, as to him they bent, of victor chiefs preeminent. One court he passed, and in the next, saw masters of each Veda text, a crowd of Brahmins, good and sage, dear to the king for law and age. To these he bowed his reverent head, thence to the court beyond his pad, old thems and tender girls their care, to keep the doors were stationed there. And all, when Rama came in view, delighted to the chamber flew, to bear to Queen Kaishalya's ear the tidings that she loved to hear. The queen, on rites and prayer intent, in careful watch the night he had spent, and at the dawn her son to aid, the Vishnu holy offerings made. Farm in a vow, serenely glad, in robes of spotless linen clad, as texts prescribed with grace implored, her offerings in the fire she poured. Within her splendid bower he came, and saw her feed the sacred flame. There oil and grain and vases stood, with reds and cards and cates and wood, and milk and sesam and rice, the elements of sacrifice. See, worn and pale with many a fast, and midnight hours in vigil passed, in robes of purest white arrayed, to Lakshmi, queen drink offerings paid, so long away she flew to meet, the darling of a soul, so runs a mare with eager feet to welcome back her fall. He with his firm support upheld the queen as near she drew, and by maternal love impelled her arms around him trio. Her hero son, her matchless boy, she kissed upon the head. She blessed him in her pride and joy with tender words and said, "Be like the royal sires of old, the nobly good, the lofty souled." Their lengthened days and fame be thine, and virtue as beseems thy line. The pious king thy father see, true to his promise made to thee, that truth thy sire this day will show, and reason's power on thee bestow. She spoke, he took the pro-offered seat, and as she pressed her son to eat, raised reverent hands and touched with shame, made answer to the royal dame. Dear lady, thou hast yet to know, that danger treats and heavy war, a grief that eludes sore distress on Sita thee and Lakshman press. What needs of seeds have such as I? This day to Dandak would I fly. The hour is come, a time unmet, for silken couch and gilded seed. I must to lonely wilds repair, abstain from flesh and living there. On roots, fruit, honey, harm its food. Passed twice seven years in solitude, the words hand the king will yield, the reason power I taught to wield, and me a hermit will he send, my days in Dandakut to spend.
as when the woodman's axe has lopped a salt branch in the grove she dropped so from the skies a goddess falls ejected from her radiant halls when rama saw her lying low prostrate by too severe a blow around her form his arms he wound and raised her fainting from the ground his hand upheld her like a mare who feels her load too sore to bear and sanks upon the way overtoiled and all her limbs with dust assoiled he soothed her in her wild distress with loving touch and soft caress she made for highest fortune eyed the hero watching by her side and thus while lakshman bent to hear addressed her son with many a tear if rama thou had never been born my child to make thy mother mourn though reft of joy a childless queen such war as this i never had seen though to the childless wife there clings one sorrow armed with keener stings no child have i no child have i no second misery prompts the sigh when long i sought alas in vain my husband's love and bliss to gain in rama all my hopes i set and dreamed i might be happy yet i of the consorts first and best must bear my rival's taunt and jest and broke though better far than they the soul distressing words they say what woman can be doomed to pine in misery more sore than mine whose hopeless days must still be spent in grief that ends not and lament this con me when my son was nigh when he is banished i must die me whom my husband never prized kaike's retinue despised with boundless insolence though she tops not in rank nor equals me and they who do me service yet now old elysians quite forget whenever they see kaike's son with silent lips my glances shun how o oh my darling shall i brook its meanness of kaike's look and listen in my lowest head to taunts of one so passionate for seventeen years since thou wast born i sat and watched ah me forlorn hoping some blessed day to see deliverance from my woes by thee now comes this endless grief and wrong so dire i cannot bear it long sinking with ease and sorrow worn beneath my rival's taunts and scorn how shall i pass in dark distress my long long days of wretchedness without my rama's face as bright as the full moon to cheer my side alas my cares thy steps to train and fasts and vows and prayers are vain hard hard a wind must be this heart to hear this blow nor burst apart as some great river bank when first the floods of rain time on it burst no fate that speeds not will not slay nor yama's horse vouchsafe me room all like a lion sweeping prey that now had borne me to my doom hard is my heart and wrought of steel that breaks not with the crushing blow or in the pangs this day i feel my lifeless frame hath sunk below that waits his hour nor takes me now but this sad thought augments my pain that prayer enlarges fast and vow and heavenward service are in vain ah me ah me with fruitless toil of right austere a child i sought the seed cast forth on barren soil still lifeless lies and comes to naught if ever wretch by anguish grieved before his hour to death had fled i mourning like a cow bereaved had been this day among the dead canto twenty one 
Kaushalya calmed. While thus Kaushalya wept and sighed, with timely words, sad Lakshman cried, O honoured queen, I like it ill, that subject to a woman's will, Rama his royal state should quit, and to an exile's doom submit. The aged king, fond, changed, and weak, will as the queen compels him speak. But why should Rama thus be sent to the wild woods in banishment? No list offence I find in him, I see no fault his fame to dim, not one in all the world I know, not outcast wretch, nor secret foe. Whose whispering lips would dare asile, his spotless life with slanderous tale, godlike and bounteous, just sincere, even to his very form and dear, who would without a cause neglect the right and such a son reject? And if a king such order gave, in second childhood passion slave, what son within his heart would lay the senseless order and obey? Come, Rama, ere this plot be known, stand by me and secure the throne. Stand like the king who rules below, stand aided by thy brother's bow. How can the might of meaner man resist thy royal purpose then? My shafts, if revels called their fate, shall lay Ayodhya desolate. Then shall her streets with blood be dyed, of those who stand on Varad's side. None shall my slaughtering hand exempt, from gentle patience aunt's contempt. If by Kaike's counsel changed, our father's heart be thus estranged, No mercy must our arm restrain, but let the foe be slain, be slain. For should the guide respected long, no more discerning right and wrong, Turn in forbidden paths to stray, it is meet that force his steps should stay, That power sufficient can he see, what motive for the wish has he, That to Kaike would resign the empire which he justly died. Can he, O conqueror of thy foes, thy strength and mine in war oppose? Can he entrust in our despite, to Varad's hand, thy royal right? I love this brother with the whole affection of my faithful soul. Yea, queen, by bow and truth I swear, by sacrifice and gift and prayer. If Rama to the forest goes, or where the burning furnace glows, first shall my feet the forest tread and flame shall first surround my head my might shall chase thy grief and tears as darkness flies when morn appears do thou dear queen and rama too behold what power like mine can do my aged father i will kill the vessel of kaike's will old yet a child the omen's troll in form and base the scorn of all thus luxman cried the mighty sold down her sad cheeks the torrents rolled, as to her son Kaushalya spake. Now thou hast heard thy brother take his counsel if thou hold it wise, and do the thing his words advise. Do not, my son, with tears I pray, my rival's wicked word obey. Leave me not here consumed with war, nor to the wood and exile go. If thou to virtue ever true, thy duty's path would still pursue, the highest duty bids thee stay and does thy mother's voice obey. Thus Kaishyap's great ascetic son, a seed among the immortals one, in his own home subdued his state, and honour to his mother paid. If reverence to thy sire be due, thy mother claims like honour too, and thus I charge thee, O my child, thou must not seek the forest wild. Ah, what to me were life and bliss, condemned my darling son to me's. 
but with my Ramani to eat, the very grass itself were sweet. But if thou still wilt go and leave thy helpless mother here to grieve, I from that hour will food absure, nor life without my son and dear. Then it will be thy fate to dwell in depth of world detested hell, as ocean in the olden time was guilty of an impious crime that marked the lord of each fair flood as one who spills a Brahmin's blood. Thus spake the queen and wept and shied. Then right as Rama thus replied, I have no power to slight or break commandments which my father spake. I bent my head, dear lady, low. Forgive me, for I needs must go. Once Kandu, mighty saint, who made his dwelling in the forest shade, a cow and duties claims he knew, obedient to his father's leave. And in the line from which we spring, when ordered by their sire the king, to art the sons of Sagar cleft, and countless things of life bereft. So Jamadagni's son obeyed, his sire, when in the oud he laid, his hand upon his axe and smote, through Renuka his mother's throat. The deeds of this and more beside, pairs of gods my steps shall guide, and resolute will I fulfil my father's word, my father's will. Nor I, O queen, unsanctioned tread, this righteous path by duty led. The road my footsteps journey over was traversed by the grade of yore. This high command which all accept shall faithfully by me be kept, for duty never will him forsake who fears his sire's command to break. Thus to his mother, wild with grief, then thus to Lakshman spake the chief of those by whom the bow is bent, mid all who speak most eloquent. I know what love for me thou hast what form devotion unsurpassed, thy valour and thy wart I know, and glory that appels the foe. Blessed yield, my mother's woe is great, it bends her beneath its matchless weight, no claims will she, with blinded eyes, of truth and passions recognise. For duty is supreme in place, and truth is duty's noblest base, obedient to my sire's behest, I serve the cause of duty best. For man should truly do whatever, to mother, Brahman, sire, he swear, he must in duty's path remain, nor let his word be pledged in vain. And, O oh, my brother, how can I, obedience to this charge, deny? Kaike's tongue my papa's part, but it was my sire who gave the word. Cast his unholy thoughts aside, with smack of war and warrior's pride, to duty's call not rat attend, and tread the path which I command. Rama, by fond affection moved, his brother Lakshman thus reproved, then with joined hands and reverent head, again to Kun Kaishalya said, I needs must go, do thou consent, to the wild wood in the banishment, O oh, give me by my life, I pray, thy blessing ere I go away. I, when the promised years are over, shall see Ayodhya's town once more, then, mother dear, thy tears restrain, nor let thy heart be wrung by pain. In time, my father's will obeyed, shall I return from greenwood shade. My dear Vidihan, thou and I, Lakshman, Sumitra, feel this tie, and must my father's word obey, as duty beats that rules for I. Thy preparations now forego, and lock within thy breast thy woe, nor be my pious wish withstood to go on exile to the Ood. Calm and unmoved, the prince explained, 
his duties claim and purpose high, to murder life and sense regained, looked on her son and made reply. If reverence be thy father's due, the same by right and love is mine. Go not, my child's I does renew, nor leave me here in war to pine. What were such lonely life to me, rights to the shades or deathless lot? More dear, my son, one hour with thee, than all the world where thou art not. As bursts to view, when brands blaze high, some elephant counselled by night, so when he heard his mother's cry, burnt Rama's grief with fiercer might, thus to the queen, half senseless steel, and Lakshman, bound with heartfelt pain, true to the right with steadfast will, his duty speech he spoke again. Brother, I know thy loving mind, thy valour, and thy truth I know, but now to claim some duty bind, thou and my mother swell my war. The fruits of deeds in human life make love gain duty manifest. Dear, when they meet as some fond wife, with her sweet babes upon her breast, but man to duty first should turn, whenever the three are not combined. For those who heed but gain with pawn, and those to pleasure all resigned, shall then the virtuous disobey, host sovereignated king and sire, though favorous joy that father sway, or senseless love or causeless ire. I have no power, commanded theirs, to slight his promise and decree, the honoured sire of both of us, my mother's lord and life is he. Shall see, while yet the holy king is living, on the right intent, shall see, like some pure widowed thing, go forth with me to banishment. Now, mother, speed thy parting son, and let thy blessing soothe my pain, that I may turn, mine exile done, like King Ayati, home again. Fair glory, and the fruit she gives, for lust of sway I never will slide, what for the span immortal lives, where rule of fate without the right, he suited her thus, form to the last, his counsel to his brother told, then round the queen in reverence passed, and held her in his loving hold. And of Cantos 19, 20, and 21